This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor, Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. Go over there, get all your MMA news. We have some great live coverage over there and an even better uh, live coverage community, so to speak. Hundreds, if not thousands of comments every single time. So if you're looking for somewhere to talk about the fights, some like-minded, fun people, FightfulMMA.com is the place to go. But Joe, we, we, we got some time to fill on today's show. Fortunately, Conor McGregor did an interview. Otherwise, this podcast would be about 20 minutes long. Bellator 225 <laughs> happened last weekend, UFC China. This weekend, we're going to give you a preview, uh, picks, some betting odds. But let's let's jump right into it, Joe. Conor McGregor did an interview. Conor McGregor spoke to Ariel Hawani. He was, as you mentioned, I think on the last show, gaining some bad will with his own countrymen. And I think this uh, obviously it was a major PR move. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking out here, what what are your takeaways before we break down this interview? Um, I, I I can't begin to get into Conor McGregor's mind. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if anyone will agree with me. If you're a hardcore Conor McGregor fan, you're going to disagree. Uh, if you're a hater, you'll probably will agree. Uh, if you're somewhere in the line, you'll understand, or somewhere in the middle, you understand what I'm trying to say here. I don't know how authentic and how honest and, and, and full of integrity Conor McGregor actually was. Uh, is he actually realizing that, dude, you, you, like, I as a human being have to stop what I'm doing here. Like, um, there's a difference between being remorseful and then being remorseful because you got caught on camera, right? Um, I, I don't know what to say to wit, but... Um, I like some of the stuff he was saying. You know, um, I, I will never stop being a Conor McGregor fan. Uh, I love what he does for the sport. I, I, I think he's a fantastic mixed martial artist. Uh, obviously, the, the headlines he raises and, and the, you know, the clicks that we get for the site, as an example, uh, it's beneficial uh, to Fightful. But overall, uh, I think he is required in the sport. I think he's needed in the sport. I think he's done so much for the sport, more than uh, a lot of people will ever give him credit for. But in the interview, I don't know. Uh, I, I think you're right. It was It was part PR move, part, I got to start putting out some fires here. 
And he, he did need to. He focused more on his fight career. He said that he didn't need to let people get at him. I, I don't think that's it. I don't think he needs to worry about people baiting him, Joe. I think maybe he needs to not be an asshole. I think that's probably I, in, in the no best. certain terms, right? So, yeah. I think that's maybe the best course of action is don't be an asshole. You, you, you're punching people at, at bars for what? For what? Walk away. There, how did he bait you? How did this guy bait you? Even with that, there was a guy who took a picture of him and he smashed his cell phone. Okay, so leave. You're in a different situation. You're you're a public figure and not just a public figure, one of the public figures, one of the most famous athletes in the world. You don't got to throw a dolly through a window. That's not something you have to do. Like what are, what, Sure, it drummed up some interest for that fight, so, hey, oh, what am I saying? But the cell phone, the punching somebody in a pub, then you got the, the whole other accusations of Sexual assault, which we won't get into because that's not been proven. We, we don't yeah, know enough to, about that correct. to comment on that. But, man, Connor just needs to not be an asshole. I mean, I, I thought there were some good moves made by the, the whiskey business or whatever the hell he's got going on. Well, Seems like it's doing well. Seems like yeah. it's, it's good. Even even his website, The Mac Life, why wouldn't you do that when you have unprecedented access to the UFC? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you try to monetize your access furthermore? I thought that was a smart move. Um, some of these other moves are not smart move, Joe moves, Joe. And for a guy who I saw a headline, God, I wish I remembered who, who wrote it that way. Um, I could give them credit. It said that Conor McGregor used to fight for and represent the common man. Now he looks down on them. I don't, I I have to find that headline to give the person credit, but I I couldn't agree with that anymore, Joe, that that seems to be his MO and that's that's a shame because I think a lot of, of his celebrity came because he was kind of a common man. He was a common man who found fame and adjusted to it. Maybe that's just me. Uh what do you think of all this and so, so many of these incidents? I I think going back and and thinking about when Conor McGregor first got to the UFC and and the road to get to the UFC, the, the common man th- theory was right there. The whole um, you know, get this guy in the UFC. He represents Ireland. He represents us. He's such a good fighter. Uh, he's a two-division champ. Uh, he's doing fantastic. He's knocking people out. He's charismatic. He's this or that. And then slowly but surely, here we go. He's, he's you know, he, he gets to the UFC. He takes out Marcus Brimage. I remember that fight vividly. Uh, and then you start seeing his personality and, you know, his understanding, his, you know, um, I wouldn't even say the UFC caught lightning in a bottle with him. They got themselves a star that was, without even them having to groom him or build him, he just got it. He had the natural gift to gab. He had the natural gift for one-liners that still make people absolutely pee their pants if you actually go back and watch some of them. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, He's, you know, like I said, charismatic. He's mesmerizing. He's just, he's got the it factor. And then I think it just got to his head. That he started, he realized, I can, I'm not saying this is what's going through his head. It appears as if it's like, I can do whatever I want. I pulled off the Mayweather fight. I pulled off the money fight. I pulled off things that are never going to happen again uh, in combat sports. There'll never be uh, a two division champ, hypothetically speaking. There'll never be another money fight. You know, I did all of this. And then it might have just got to his head. 
and I can do and say and whatever I want from a guy that you know was the common man uh, who was on social assistance slash welfare uh, to having more money than anyone can ever possibly imagine perhaps you know vacationing on these massive yachts and enjoying life the fruits of his labor to returning back to society and doing crazy things flying across the ocean uh, to defend his his you know to defend um, Loboff and you know putting a dolly through a bus to get over uh, and get to to whomever was doing all that stuff it was Habib and his crew whatever was going through his mind to you know you know the the whole punching a a fifty year old man in the face being baited I, I can't be baited man I think you nailed it on the head Sean when you basically said you got to be smarter you know I am not one one hundredth of the popularity uh, of Conor McGregor but I walk around Canada especially in my parts with eyes you know. With, with, you know, the same thing I teach my soccer kids, my, my players on my team. Head on a swivel, man. You got to be looking around all the time. And if you find yourself in a scenario, you got to be careful. These things are available all the time. These things will take pictures and video. And before you know it, your career comes to an end. Now, with Connor, who knows? But, um, you know, maybe maybe it's all truthful. Maybe that interview with, uh, with Ariel was truthful, and we'll see what's up. So there's there's a lot more to break down out of this Conor McGregor interview. <clears throat> he says that he was hurt, had broken his foot a few weeks before the Habib Nurmagomedov fight. Says that he has it documented. In the past, when Conor McGregor has said something is documented, usually it has been. Like the poly, yep. poly thing. Do you believe him? Yeah. I think I do, I do too. I, 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 I Only because I do think he's a true man to his word. Uh, when it comes to those types of scenarios. And, you know, he said it. Go go watch his interviews, his pre-fight interviews, and, and how he mocks people. He'll never back out of a fight. He won't back out of a fight no matter what. So I, I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Uh, I believe him. And the, the reason why I do, guys, girls, I've been around the sport for 20 years. I know fighters, high-level fighters, that have lost fights because they've gone into the fight and should not have competed. They fooled the doctors, and they went in there and competed uh, because they signed on the dotted line, and that's how just how it is sometimes. And you know, if, at that point there, if it's true, then you know you got to give Conor McGregor credit for having you know balls of steel to know he's going in there with a busted up body and still trying to fight the best in the world. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give him credit. Eight of Conor McGregor's fights have been canceled. Only one was from him, and that was in 2012 uh, <clears throat> against Jim Allers, who also withdrew from a fight and. Uh, yeah, that, that one never ended up happening, despite both of them making it to the UFC. Conor McGregor also said that he was set to fight Justin Gaethje earlier this year, but sustained a broken hand. That would have been a great fight. That was a fight that was speculated. I don't know if it's a fight that we necessarily needed, uh, considering McGregor's level, but I think it's... Here's the thing. Great fight. It is a pay-per-view main event fight, as is any fight that Conor McGregor is in, yeah. Joe. You don't got to put a title fight above that. You put Conor McGregor in there, five rounds, that headlines a show. You put Nate Diaz versus Masvidal in there, main event. UFC, I think, needs to embrace this on the pay-per-view scale and sometimes make these these pay-per-view shows main evented by the top fight, by the, the most attractive fight. There's nothing wrong with that. WWE does it all the time. They're championship matches and always the main event. Sometimes it's just the most interesting match. Uh, I think this is a fight that Conor McGregor could have won, too, considering his power and his accuracy. That being said, Joe, his power and his accuracy, I don't exactly have a great sample size of that anymore. 
because I've only seen him fight once since two, the end of 2016 in an MMA fight, and he didn't exactly land a lot of punches against Habib Nurmagomedov. So considering the fact that I've seen him land, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple flush punches in the last three years, it's a little bit harder for me to decipher that. What do you think about what he said about Gaethje and, and his um, injury? Yeah, uh, well, I, I believe it. Uh, the, the thing with um, Connor's accuracy, I, I, you know, it's probably still there, but that's right now in the gym, right? It, to do it live, to do it against a guy like Justin Gaethje or a guy, uh, you know, someone that's that's elite in the division, now is a different story because he hasn't competed in so long. He hasn't competed. Um, you know, he's not. You know, I know Dominic Cruz, and I think it was the last show or the show before that, uh, basically said that ring rust isn't real. Ah, it's real, man. I don't care what anyone says. I've had other guys tell me the same thing. Um, you know, that ring rust is fake. Just show up there in shape. Ah, it's, I think it's real. I honestly think it's real. And um, But then you've got these super athletes, these these special athletes that can over, overcome it. I mean, to go back on your main event point, I mean, look at the two words. Main event. It doesn't say title fight. Main event. What is the main attraction? Conor McGregor will always be the main attraction. I don't care what title fight you put on whatever division champion that you think you have, he's the main event. You know, if George St. Pierre and Conor McGregor are on the same card, Conor McGregor gets the main event, George gets the co-main event, right? That, that's just the reality of, of where the business is right now. So Conor McGregor, no matter what, gets headliner status, should not be a co-main event to any title fight in the UFC. Let's be honest for a second, right? Um, but in terms of his accuracy and, and competing against a guy like Justin Gaethje, um, I you know, the points that you make, Sean, are so valid that you've got me thinking now maybe Connor's accuracy would be a bit of a problem in this situation because Justin Gaethje will just walk him down. But the old Connor McGregor, the guy that we saw against Eddie Alvarez, he would piece apart oh, yeah. or he would piece apart Justin Gaethje in a heartbeat. But Justin Gaethje doesn't go away. Right. So it's, it's tough to say. I, the bottom line is here. We just want to see Connor McGregor fight and fight consistently. I know he's made a lot of money. Um, it sucks when these guys make a lot of money if you're a fan because you only get to see them once or twice a year if you're lucky. How, how many right. of these revelations and retirements can we have, though, where he comes back and he says, oh, I want to fight. Fighting's in my blood. Fighting is what I do. I love to fight. I'll fight until I can't anymore. And then he doesn't. And then he doesn't fight. I mean, my God, he's had a boxing match and Habib. Since two, the end of 2016. And three years will pass with him having two fights, one MMA fight. I respect him for making all that money, but I don't need to hear him tell reassure us that he loves fighting. He doesn't have to love fighting. Nope. There will be a lot of people who think that he's only relevant because of fighting. And for those people, okay, whatever. If the guy doesn't want to get punched in the face, I'm okay with that. However, he did say that he wanted fights with possibly Gaethje, with uh, Tony Ferguson. He named off some some people. Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar. What is the most attractive fight to you? Because to me, Frankie Edgar isn't it. Uh, maybe Gaethje. Maybe. Ferguson's the one that stands out to me. But honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing McGregor get a win before he fought somebody like Tony Ferguson. What do you think? Uh... So you're asking me to not be biased? Yes. Okay. Damn it. Because Frankie Edgar's a fight that I want right away. No ifs, ands, or buts all day, every day. Get Frankie's. But I mean, he, he, he had just decided, oh, well, I'm going to go to 135. Yeah. Now yeah, he's going to exactly. be like, yeah. 
Oh, well, but maybe. Frankie will take that fight, not because he's not afraid. It's a nice little payday, kids. Yeah, of course. So he'll take that. The other thing, the, the fight that I would like to see, uh, it is a toss-up between Gaethje um, as well as um, uh, Ferguson, right? Because, you know, that's a bad blood fight between Ferguson and Conor McGregor. I mean, did they not have the same management to the point where Tony sort of got dropped and they're no longer he's no longer managed by the, by, uh, the same team as Conor with Audi Attar and all them? So that would be a very interesting scenario to see that one unfold because um, you just know Tony's not going to back down from the trash talk. His trash talk's nowhere near Conor McGregor's. Mentioned Aldo, be- too, by the way. Yeah, I know that I saw the Aldo thing there, and I think Aldo would jump on that, obviously, because he wants that rematch. But those are four really good fights. I know people may not want to see Frankie because of the 135-pound thing, and I'm only thinking of, of, of Frankie's paycheck or, or bank account. And, of course, it would be fantastic if he could actually win that fight. But um, – yeah, the Aldo fight, I don't think it's going to happen unless Aldo moves up to 155. Um, yeah, I, Connor's not going to cut to 145 at this point. I mean, do you think he's going to cut to 145? No, hell no. Yeah, hell so no. He's got to move up to 155 as Jose Aldo. So at that point there, that's a fantastic fight that I'd absolutely love to see. Um, you know, Gaethje's the other one. I know Cerrone <clears throat> was once talked about, but Gaethje and Cerrone are, are, are you know, they're in the scrapbooks right now, or they're, they're scrapping at the moment. So other than that, you know, and let's not forget Dustin Poirier. He's still there. Dustin Poirier's got a title fight. If he wins that fight, don't be don't be alarmed if he's like, "Thank you, Habib." Hey, Connor, where are you at? Hey, yeah, dude. there there are a lot of winnable fights there for Connor McGregor too. Yep. Like a lot of them, a lot of them. So uh, we've got a bunch of articles on Connor McGregor up on FightfulMMA.com. But uh, speaking of other articles, uh, James Vick facing Nico Price. We have that one up. Are you surprised? James Vick has lost, I think, three or four in a row, but. He seemed like a guy that had some promise at one point. Are you surprised he's getting this fight? No, not at all. No, I think it's 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 a it's a fair fight for him. Uh, it's a good fight for Nico, uh, and I think it's going to be bombs away and a lot of pressures on Vic. Got to win this fight, son. Justin Gaethje said that uh, Donald Cerrone once knocked him knocked him out in sparring. Does this surprise you, given the ingredients? Uh, what is no for five hundred, Alex? <laughs> Kelvin Gaslam will face Darren Teal in Teal's 185-pound debut. This is a big task for Darren Teal, but also a move in the right direction, I think. Uh, how, do, how do you feel about this? I don't like this fight. I don't think he should be fighting Gaslam at all. You know, you want to enter the 185-pound division? Brad Tavares is there. Christoph Jocko's there, right? Like, I mean, he's got a bit of an Ian Heinish is there, right? I mean, you're, you're going up there and you're facing the number four guy? Whew. That's that's a pretty big step up from going from 170 to 185. Um, and I, I, I'm not trying to laugh at Dana White when he basically said, "I think we pushed Darren Till too quickly." We'll go back and watch the the Fightful podcast back in the day where we were like, "This guy's doing," you know. And then when he beat Cowboy, we were all kind of like, "Well, I don't know if that's really that good of a win, to be honest with you," because Cowboy at the time was on a bit of a downslope. Uh, and one punch from a much bigger fighter that's going to land on Cowboy is going to put him to sleep pretty much. So um, I, I, I think Kevin Gastelum is a big step up, uh, not just in weight, but um, you know, potentially in competition for Darren Till at 185. I would much rather have seen him you know, compete against someone uh, in top 15 or, or, or maybe, like I said, Jotko. Um, I, I wouldn't want to see him against you know, Shoeface. Maybe Uriah Hall would be a good fight. Brad Tavares would have been a good fight, but it is what it is. Frank Mir versus Roy Nelson, two headlines, Bellator 231. I have no interest in this. Do you have any? Yeah, vintage. Not a bit. Is what it is. 
Matt Brown faces Ben Saunders at UFC 245. This was a surprising booking, but an okay booking, I think. I mean, why not? Put this on the prelims. Sure, it's harmless. Whatever. What do you think? Yeah, harmless is correct. I mean, these are two guys. Uh, didn't Matt Brown retire? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. So he's got a, maybe a fight left on his contract or two, and so does Ben. And, you know, this is not uh, a relevant fight for the division at all, uh, but it's it's a fun fight. Uh, why not want to see this? Matt Brown will go in there to try and knock off uh, Ben Saunders' head, and Ben Saunders will try and clinch and either knee or get a submission. So I like this fight. It'll be a fun fight. It's it's a fight that has no relevance in the division, but one hell of a fun fight to, to enjoy. Some Dana White statements. He doesn't think Jose Aldo should drop to Bantamweight. I am completely in agreement with this. I think that's a bad idea for Aldo. Why in the blue moon does he want to drop to 135? It's ridiculous. Is he chasing Frankie Edgar? Is he, trace, is he chasing Cejudo? Go to 155, man. You're not getting younger. Go to 155. Plenty of fights there for you. Dana White says that Amanda Nunes will defend the uh, featherweight title after UFC 245. Uh, doesn't name a contender or anything like that. To me, you kind of see how things flesh out before then, and then you decide that. But, I mean... At least it'll shut people up. It'll say, what about the 145? There's a real division there. Oh, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's, so that's, I'm, I'm fine with that. Also, Dana White says, um, Henry Cejudo should defend or vacate the flyweight title. I agree. Dana White on a roll this week with some of his statements because I'm agreeing with a lot of it. I get so annoyed. Somebody said, oh, he's injured. Let him talk and drum up drama. I'm like, you know what I don't want to hear him say that he wants to fight Valentina Shevchenko, Dominic Cruz, Uriah Faber, Cody Garbrandt, all these people. I, I That doesn't make me want to see him fight more. It just makes me want to not see him fight more. It makes me want to... Will I watch those fights? Yeah, it's my job. But Joseph Benavidez should be getting a title shot. Even Aljamain Sterling said Joseph Benavidez deserves his title shot. I'd be upset, but he deserves it. I, I agree with Dana White here. What do you what do you think? Uh, I think the more Henry Cejudo speaks, the more people get annoyed with him, aka Sean Rossap, and the more SRS wants to see him get his butt whooped. Right? Because yeah, but, the but guy... I but I don't is the thing. <laughs> I don't because I've so already seen it. Is oh anybody ever gonna whip his ass worse than Mighty Mouse Johnson did the first time? No. Mighty Mouse Johnson was like, hey, I see that you got that Olympic gold medal. Here's a clinch. Do whatever you can. Okay, you took me down. I'm going to launch you off with my feet, three feet into the air, and then I'm going to knee you until I get bored of it. The the beatdown is never going to be worse than that. And the thing is, I don't like dislike Henry Cejudo as a person. I think he's a fantastic athlete. I just think this is dumb. Calling out people who don't deserve title shots is dumb. Because the thing is, I don't think he's afraid of Benavidez. I don't think he's afraid of Sterling. He has fought one of the greatest fighters of all time in in uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson multiple times. So I know he's not scared of these people. It's just boring of him to do. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply do this uh, and i see what he's trying to do but okay joe there's a guy in pro wrestling and i don't want to name his name because wrestling fans will watch and they'll they'll get annoyed but everybody keeps saying best heel in the business best heel in the business but the thing is people really just hate him they, they don't want to watch him is the thing and that's not a good heel not wanting to watch somebody back in my day they used to call that x-pac heat which is completely yeah yeah, where it's just like go away change the channel heat is more of what it is i fear that henry cejudo will get changed the channel heat and i don't want that for him because quite frankly athletically he doesn't deserve that type of heat he's very good but for me he's starting to get changed the channel heat and i don't like that i think that assessment is absolutely fantastic tyron woodley went through change the channel heat he did right he just they're booing him after victories as he was walking from the octagon backstage. And, you know, if there's one time I'm going to agree with Dana White, it was when they said, you know, when you're the champion and you're getting booed out the building after a win, that's a problem. It's a big problem. And Suhudo, uh, I just, I don't think he realizes how he comes off. I think he really, I think he thinks that, you know, what I'm saying, what I'm doing is, is I'm the man. I'm the people love me. Uh, not necessarily, man, but I'll, 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 I'll say this. Uh, I do side with him on a couple of different things, or one or two, actually. But if you think about what Henry Cejudo's doing, okay, let's go back and name the, comp- the, the contestants, competitors, guys that he wants to fight, guys that he should be competing against. Who's a tougher fight for Henry Cejudo, Uriah Faber or Joseph Benavidez? I would, I would wager to say the guy who beat him. <laughs> okay. Where's the money fight? Uriah Faber or Joseph Benavides? How much money is that fight really going to bring in? Like I think did... a lot more than than I think a lot more than you may realize because Faber does move the needle. He does move the needle. Not it's, I don't think Benavides moves the needle. Faber's internationally known. I I just don't know of any fights like even in Uriah Faber's prime where I mean sure he he had some title fights and stuff but. I don't remember any of his fights being like major pay-per-view successes ever. I think I think Cejudo in general is calling out guys that'll make him more money on a pay-per-view potentially than yeah. the guys who deserve the title shot. I mean, Faber was doing like 230,000 pay-per-view buys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the top of the show. So I'm like, eh. And these days, I don't even know what their pay-per-view cuts are because of the nature of the deal. Ah. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. Well, we had Bellator 225 this past week. 
not the greatest card on paper, but boy, did it deliver. It had some bangers, some real good finishes. And honestly, we called it Joe. Sergey Haritanov just plowed through Matt Mitrione. Just plowed through him. Haritanov is still very good. And dare I say, maybe next in line, Joe. But Vitaly Minikov may have something to say about that. Javi Ayala was out. Uh, an even better opponent in Timothy Johnson got put in. And, yeah. And what happened? He got beaten under two minutes. This, I'm, I'm digging the, the Bellator heavyweight division right now. I'm on board with it. We don't need main events like Frank Mir and Roy Nelson. That's for damn sure. But Haritanov and Vitaly Minikov, oh, by the way, Tyrell Fortune is still there. He got a finish win as well. That was awesome. He's looked uh, very good in the past. So you've got a, a grizzled veteran in Sergey Haritanov. You have a former champion in Vitaly Minikov. And then you have a 7-0 guy who has fought in Bellator for three years now. All of his wins came there. Uh, and he's got like five finishes. you got a lot of options at heavyweight right now. By the way, Tyrell Fortune, 29 years old. He's yeah. got a long way to go in this in this MMA game, Joe. I couldn't I can't say enough positive things about this this heavyweight division and how Bellator 225 flushed out for them. Everybody that needed to win got a win. Yeah, and of course, you know, Ryan Bader is the heavyweight champ, so he's probably looking in and thinking to myself, hmm, which one of these boys could be on the radar after Czech Congo? By right? the way, so, uh, youtube.com slash fightful MMA boxing. We will have an interview with Czech Congo up. Very soon, thanks to Harry Kettle. All right. Did he get leg kicked? I hope not. Yeah, because I almost got one from Czech Congo. Yeah, he's it's it's a beast. Well, nice guy though. So, but he's in trouble with Bader. Sorry. Um, yeah, this be, division. I'm interested is, in that fight. I'm interested in that oh, fight yeah. and the whole division. Now, yeah, because when you get a show like this where the the, the main card, um, you know, three of the five fights are heavyweights, and you get these types of wins. What happened with Ayala? Something that he was, was medical, something medical that undisclosed medical reason he was released, or um, the fight didn't go down. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, three of the five fights, heavyweight main card, uh, to pull that off, and those guys end up winning. It's pretty good for the division. Again, um, the heavyweight division is always weird. It's almost like every three to six months, whether it's in the UFC or in Bellator, one's going up, one's going down. One, we don't know what's happening there, but. There's a lot of movement in the heavyweight division between both promotions. So uh, pretty impressed. We'll see what's going to happen. But uh, the whole situation with Karnatov uh, and Mitrion is just a weird one, uh, weird in general. But, you know, Sergey, like I said, grizzled vet gets the victory. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see where he goes from here. Yaroslav Amasov picked up another finish win. He is looking really good. You got... John Fitch, who could probably lay claim to getting a title shot after he went to a draw with Rory McDonald. You have Andre Koreshkov, who's won three of four. You've got Michael Page, who's coming off of his first loss. Um, you've got Paul Daly, who's inconsistent. And then you got Lorenz Larkin, who has started to right the track. Amasov needs one of those guys, in my opinion. He needs Larkin, Daly, Page, Koreshkov, or Fitch. One of those and then I think he's ready for, for a title fight. Uh, I said last week that I thought a win here could get him one. You've seen crazier things happen in Bellator, but I do think that he should try to leap one of these guys. I mean, hey, Amasov's 25. Page yeah. 
a lot of people be like, oh, well, don't you want to rehab Paige? Paige is 32. I, I don't know how much more is he going to learn in the MMA game. Let that That's a that's a Bellator main event right there. Amasov and Michael Page. Amasov and Daly. Amasov and Koreshkov. You can headline a show with that stuff, especially if you're doing it with some of the people they are. Uh, what do you think of Amasov and his prospects in the future? Well, I like the Daly fight. I like the Page fight. I like the Lorenz Larkin fight. Uh, it's just a matter if you're Bellator and you're going to put that fight on, which is the win-win fight? Where who doesn't matter who wins, it's good for the division. Yeah. I think that's the page fight. Other, I mean, when I say that everybody that needed to get a win on this show for Bellator got a win, I mean everybody from the main card. Alejandra Lara uh, defeated Taylor Turner really quick. Austin Vanderford, uh, who is married or getting married to Paige Van Zant, won at the end of the second round. Nick Newell. One via triangle choke in round one. Remember when you snickered when I said Seba Hamasi and then he knocked a guy out in 17 seconds? That happened. Ricky Bandeas won in the first round. Conry Gracie won in the first round. A Gracie won by submission? Whoa. In the first round. This was, as far as results go, a home run for Bellator, Joe. When are we going to see Gracie's knocking out people? My, one of my favorite spots in MMA history is when Hodger Gracie did the, the Ric Flair flop when he got punched and he ran across the cage and fell down. <laughs> Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler of all time. That was that was just nothing short of amazing. I really, really liked that. You know what I forgot to check? Did oh, It's my own fault. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with MMA here. But Harley Race uh, recently passed away. Yes. Uh, was there any comment from Ric Flair at all? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ric Flair and Harley Race were, um, I mean, synonymous in some degrees with the NWA. and Oh, yeah. Arguably and, the greatest cage match of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, he's, he's done some interviews and stuff, and I think he was on Talk is Jericho, Chris Jericho's podcast recently, and uh, spoke about Harley Race. Man, that was... Uh, that, that's a big one. Harley Race was one of those guys who was in his 40s in WWF. And was still more innovative than a lot of the younger guys and, and all that. But yeah, uh, Ric Flair has spoken at length about that. And of course, I mean, God, you, you can't mention one without the other in the NWA. It's They were integral to one another. And man, I, I it was it's funny because I spoke to a lot of people about Harley Race shortly before his passing. Because kind of got the feeling you you hear that things are going to happen, and yeah. just the amount of knowledge he bestowed onto the game was was it, crucial, crucial to say the least. He coached a lot of people over the last twenty years, but old school man, old yeah. school. Yeah, all right. UFC China this Saturday. No post show. I will be in Chicago. And there's a whole lot of people that nobody has heard of on this show. <laughs> Dana, First of all, what, what are you doing in Chicago? I'm going to a wrestling show, getting interviews, uh, and I'm playing in a basketball tournament. Oh, look at you. Gangster. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay, back to the show that no one's talking about. Go. Dana Batgarel, a minus 120. Haile Alatang, a plus 100. Carol Rosa, a minus 115. A pick with Laura Procopo, Procopio, a minus 115 to a minus 105. You have Anthony Hernandez, not to be confused with Alex Hernandez, 
a minus 190. Jun Young Park, a plus 165. Damir Ismalagulov, a minus 185. Tiago Moises, who feels like it feels like he fought like a week ago, a plus 160. Moivsar Evloev, a minus 700. Zinghong Liu, a plus 500. Mizuki Inoue, a minus 145. Wu Yanan, a plus 120. Da Un Jung, a plus 120 against. Kaldis Ibrahimov. Ibrahimov. <laughs> yeah, you, you know his name. Derek Krantz, a minus 110. Keenan Song, a minus 110. That is a pick em. And then probably the fight where you're, you get your number three and four fight here. Kai Kara France, minus 210 against Mark De La Rosa. Legit a fight that, that matters a little bit because of the depth of the division. Andre Sukumtoth, a minus 185. Sue Matajeri, a plus 160. How does the UFC expect anybody to tune into this show? Why wouldn't they? It's a huge show. It's God fantastic. Damn. Amazing stuff. High quality, big names. Yeah. Yeah. David Tease is going to be up at 6 a.m. God bless his 3 a.m. He does it, man. He's he's a he's a trooper. He's gonna be up doing this. And I like guys that remind me of back in the day. I would get up at any time to watch this stuff here. And now yeah. it's like, who? Where? And what? hey, if, if that was my spot, I would too. If I were of course. honestly, hey, if I were anywhere yeah. but Chicago this weekend, I I'd be up doing it too. It's the job. Yeah, it's the job. But Oh, man. My First thing God. in the morning, I would have it PBR'd or saved, and as soon as I wake up with my coffee, then I'll watch it. I'll stay away from the internet and watch it, but, man, 3 a.m., whoo. I, I want to see Andre Sukumtoth fight, and I want to see Kai Kara France and Mark De La Rosa. And that's it, Joe. <clears throat> that's all before these two top fights. This Are you is... trusting Sukumtoth right now? Huh? Are you trusting Sukumtoth still? I know he's fought twice since Sean O'Malley, but uh, he's one and one since that O'Malley fight. But are you still trusting this guy I mean, with just, his MMA IQ? Well, here's the thing. Just relatively speaking, in this fight, uh, in this card, I'm like, all right, I'll watch him fight. But will I? Will I care that much? No, not really. But at least he's a name that somebody who has watched the UFC before might know. Yeah. Might know. And e- even looking at that, like he's not had any big fights. He's had a bunch of fights. He's like Luke Sanders, Sean O'Malley, Montel Jackson, and Jonathan Martinez. Nobody knows those guys. Nobody knows any of them. So, like, he's not like some marquee name. But half these people, I couldn't tell you if they've ever fought before, much less if they fought in the UFC. And that's a problem. Yeah. I'll tell you what's not a problem. Lee Jing Yang, plus 250. Uh, Zaleski Dos Santos, a minus 300. Zaleski Dos Santos is going to win this. Better, more well-rounded, just better everywhere. I think the betting lines are appropriate for this fight. Um, he's Quite frankly, Zaleski Dos Santos is just very good. And he he has fought some good people. He's fought Lyman Good, who is pretty pretty good. Curtis Melender, like he's, he's had some decent opponents in the past. Um, and he's favored more in this than I think any of his fights. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I mean, don't we, I don't think we should be sleeping on Li Jing Lang. I, I don't either. 
he, he's got violence in, in his fists. Uh, and he's also on his last, I think his last fight was a kick to the body. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. kick to the body. It was a, it was a chaos against uh, Zawada. So uh, he, he brings violence. The thing is, though, Dos Santos brings a different type of violence, right? And it's more well-rounded. And he, he it, this one here is all of a, a matter of old school, uh, who can take the beating more than the other one, right? It's, it's going to be one of those types of scenarios that I just think um, if Eliza gets his fight down to the ground, he's going to choke him out. He'll, he'll put him to sleep. Uh, but other than that, he, he's going to, he's not, it shouldn't be that easy. He's going to take some violence here. He's going to take some, some beatings here. I mean, the guy's on what? A seven fight win streak right now. For the love of God, get him a top 15 fight if he wins this. Seven in a row? Get him a top 15. Well, that's what we said after the Melender fight, right? Yeah, we were probably saying that after the Luigi fight where he evaporated his face into dust with a flying knee. Or, Or Sean Strickland, even. I was saying that he won with a hook kick. Like, that's that was the statement win to me. And since then, he's had two more because the, the Melinda fight was a statement win. He dra- rear naked choked him in a couple minutes. Like, he is so far overdue. And I, I don't know what the holdup is, quite frankly. I, I, I don't know. And hey, if Lee Jing Yang beats Zaleski Dos Santos, he deserves a top 15 fight. Of course. That's the thing. Like, because Zaleski is the top 15 guy who's got there without beating any top 15 guys. Because for some reason, they don't book him against him. That's weird to me, man. That His booking is super weird. Uh, I know like, he, he stuttered against Dalby, but there were a lot of people that had... I mean, the, the fans, I, as I look, 58% of the fans had him beating Nicholas Dalby in that split decision. And just under half the media had him winning. That was a close fight. You could argue that Zaleski Dos Santos has won every UFC fight he's had through eight. Uh, I am picking him to win this, but it would not surprise me if, if Li Jingyang could pull off something and win this. But we have a betting line that I think is pretty generous to Wiley Zhang. Um, <laughs> a plus 160 Jessica Andrade, a minus 185. That's surprising to me, Joe. Maybe there's a lot of money coming from China. Maybe I, I right. I got That's Jessica a, winning this. Yeah, and I mean, we're fairly about, one-sided. Yeah, this thing opened at minus two hundred for her. And now she's at minus one eighty-two ish. What? I thought it was going to go the other way. To be honest, as low as one seventy-five in some places, or one sixty in some places. Yeah, that line that's... is one minus one sixty plus one thirty. At Bovada, and that's shocking to me. Yeah, you may want to put some uh, money on Andrade right there. All right, carry your business over to Bovada, and, and you know, because I mean, I, I personally like Five Dimes as my book of choice mostly. Um, you know, but that's just insane, insane, insane to think. I think this should be in the minus three hundred range. I know? do too. Minus 350, 300. And right? I mean, we've not seen Wiley lose since November two thousand thirteen, and if she wins, that would be big for the ufc let's be real it'd be big for the ufc yeah to have a chinese star uh that would be good the tisha torres win was nice but we're talking about a tisha torres who is in the middle of a four fight losing streak yeah we're talking about a tisha torres who never reached the potential that we thought that she would and quite frankly has been on a big downward spiral after not losing before the ultimate fighter she's lost 
I think seven or yeah, seven times since the Ultimate Fighter, seven times since 2014. What does that win mean? What does a decision win mean over Tisha Torres? Well, it means you're in the same boat as um, like seven other people. Set, uh, by the way, or six other good fighters. So uh, I'm not like scoffing at a win over um, as we have lost Joe now. Joe, do I still hear you? Well, look at that. People, there we go. We're back. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. We lost you for a second. They saw your little icon. But Oop. I got Andrade winning this. And Zeng is, yeah, she, Joseph Boza says she, they're respecting that she's on a on a, a win streak. But man, the, there hasn't been anything that I've seen against top-level opponents well, one, she's not face top level opponents. Tisha's not there anymore. She's just not there anymore. Amy Fagino is not a top opponent. That's the best person she fought outside the UFC. I think Andrade wins this. How do you feel? Dude, she took out, Andrade took out Carolina Kovic in the first round. Didn't even go two minutes with a knockout. She then wins the title with a slam against Rose Nama Yunus, who many of us had like, Pay attention to her. She's fantastic. She's the world champ. She's just she destroyed uh, Yoania Jacek twice. Like this is a bad woman, and she, and she took out Claudia Gadea. I don't like Zhang's chances here. Like it, it's it's one of those things where I'm sitting there going, oh, these odds are not good for Wiley. Like I don't know. I think Andrade is going to do whatever she wants to uh, after she figures out the distance. Uh, and her timing, I give her two to three minutes, and then things are going to change real quick. I mean, can Zhang win, become the world champ? Of course she can, but I don't see it happening. Tatiana Suarez was a better opponent. Yes. But they were in China. Got to do what's right for business. Got to get that live gate going. I get it. I understand it, and I respect it. Doing what's right for business is leaving a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. We have an MMA channel as well. Uh, fightful.com slash YouTube or youtube.com slash fightful MMA boxing. Of course, you can find everything at fightfulmma.com. Joe, what do you got going on this week? Same old, same old. I'm trying to, uh, my team manager is actually a meteorologist. It's pouring here, Sean. Oh, wow. So I don't know if uh, I'm going to be canceling soccer practice tonight because we've got a big game on Thursday. Just an update we are 16 0, uh, undefeated, average score 7 1. So I want to get this undefeated streak to the end of the season 21 0 if possible. But I gotta get practice out there, Sean. It's pouring in Toronto, just out north of Toronto here. So might be getting wet tonight, son. Guys, thank you all so much for joining us. I know this was an extremely abbreviated podcast, but ain't much to talk about. But there will be next week Habib versus Poirier. We're gonna preview that. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe. Until next time, we are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.